Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host, Josh, and today I'm talking about Third Eye by Felicia Day. So let's predict the magic of books. Okay, so to be honest, let's uh, talk about this. Well, this is not really that bad of a confession, but I heard about this book on the Sword and Laser podcast. They interviewed Felicia Day. I've always admired the things that I've seen her in, mainly Supernatural and some Buffy. I thought she did good. I like watching her act. I thought this would be fun. The way she talked about this book, it was hilarious. And just in case you weren't sure, this book is hilarious. So Third Eye, uh, as you can tell, it's about magic. It's really funny. It does well with tropes. It's got great characters. Some of them I really love. There's one that character that I, I really just didn't like. And I guess I'm the minority because everybody else I've, that I've read seems to really like that character. We'll get into it later, but let's talk about some non-spoiler things. She has an amazing cast for this book. You know, she performs in it. She's got Sean Astin in it. She's got London Hughes, Will Wheaton, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is the narrator and he does an amazing job. Like just listening to this book for the narrator alone is almost worth it because he's such an he's he's an integral part of the story. He's hilarious. The things he's saying are funny and the way he delivers them is so beautiful. She's got others like Alan Tudyk and Weird Al Yankovic and I don't know who they played in the story. I have thoughts but I don't know and this is the, like one of my small critiques of this and this is not a critique of the book but a critique of the things surrounding the book it is nearly impossible to figure out who plays who unless you listen to the credits and like jot it down and I guess is it's an audiobook only so that is something to be aware of this is audio only I guess you could say that this is more of a graphic audio because there are a lot of sound effects and like foley works and that was done really well very nice high quality or high quality to my ears i don't listen to a ton of audiobooks but it felt good felt really good and high quality to me so back to the point i was trying to make there are tons of good actors the first couple i really know off the top of my head the main characters the after that though it becomes incredibly hard to pin anybody down on anything and there's not like i mean i guess it makes sense that there's no imdb for like audiobooks where you can like look up and see who's playing who and such. But even in like anything, anywhere, there's nothing that says, oh, this person does this. Or like, who does Alan Tudyk play? So either we'll never know or you just have to figure it out. Or it's there and I just kind of skipped through the credits because they're the credits and I'd listened to the first few minutes of it. And I was like, okay, I got all the main people that I cared about. And then I learned later that these guys were in it. So I think we're going to just get into some spoilers here. This is a fun story, but as a, a non-spoiler tease, I guess, before we dive in, this story is about a chosen one who fails. Now, let's get into the spoiler section. So, our main character's name is Laurel, played by Felicia Day. She is the chosen one, or she was the chosen one 15 years ago. She, and this is, the book starts us off with teenage 15-year-old Laurel, where she is being driven by her mom to the site of the last battle, and I, I just loved that these are these things in this book where, like, some things are clearly just magic and some things are normal, like her mom driving her to the chosen one fight just like she drive you to soccer practice or things like that obviously it wasn't just like that because of the whole prophecy and he's going to take over the world and do evil magic but now needless to say um, she fights him her boyfriend ben is turned into crystal or turned you know encased in crystal and sealed and the tybus the bad guy takes over to sucks up all magic and basically prevents anyone from having magic and using it in their daily life she's branded the failure and everybody hates her because as the chosen one she failed fast forward to current day laurel lives with frank played by sean austin who is a vampire a very funny vampire he's old he's not old but he's like older he's not got the beautiful visage his fangs never descended pretty funny and she also lives with sybil who is a fairy now let's just get this out of the way i did not like the character of sybil i just didn't the voice actor, London Hughes, she did a great job. She played that very well. I just could not get behind Sybil 
for a lot of things until like the very end. I didn't, she, I just didn't like her. I, there's so many things I didn't like. I don't want it to sound like a hate fest because it's not. I still really like the book. And I'm not saying that I think, I think the character works. I just don't like the character because she's like super ADHD. She can't keep a thought in her head for 10 seconds. She's proud of the fact that she's incompetent at everything except for having sex and like wheedling money out of people. She doesn't listen to her best friend. She doesn't do anything until over halfway through the book when she finally figures out that she loves Rodigus, the uh, the Will Wheaton character who is the kind of head enforcer of San Francisco. Francisco? I don't remember exactly where they are. Yes, it is San Francisco. I just... So she develops these characters and these motivations, but she's still just super flighty and has no... I just... I know that she's Sybil, she's Laurel's friend, and that makes sense, but like, I could not stand to be friends with her for more than five minutes, if that, because of her flighty attitude. And yes, you could say it's just because she's a fairy, and she's the only fairy we see, so we'll never really know what the other fairies feel like in this story, but she was a little too much for me. Now, let me just also put this out there this book while hilarious it feels almost a little bit too horny in some instances for me like it's just not what i was expecting and i didn't feel like all of that added a ton to the book I'm not saying it hurts the book well I'm saying it hurts the book a little bit but it hurts the book like a half a point or a point not like five or ten points so rodigus the will wheaton he's the will wheaton character he is the kind of head protector of san francisco well protector enforcer of san francisco he is hilarious and funny i love this character throughout the whole thing but we played it very well uh, let's talk about our, our kind of startup character here kate is oh sorry we're going back to who lives here right laurel frank and sybil all live together they run third eye the psychic shop laurel is the failure every year on the shaming day she gets tortured and beaten and spit and laughed upon nobody in the supernatural community likes her right so that's kind of our setting um like we said, Rodigus is the enforcer of San Francisco or the whole western coast where they are. And Kate, played by Lily Pichu, who was a streamer or is a streamer, I think. Looks like she does a lot of things right now. A streaming is one of them. Kate is a phenomenal character. Did great voice work for that. Very preppy and peppy. And she's got that attitude and she does it miraculously and beautifully, right? So let's get on with the story. Kate comes into her life knowing all about the secret magic world, even though she is a normie, right? Uh, tries to push Laurel to kind of fight back and start teaching her. Laurel's very afraid of failure. I mean, and this is a point throughout the entire book, and we're going to try and skip around a little bit here, but like, cannot blame Laurel for being uh, afraid to step up and fight again. She lost all of her magic along with everybody else. She was constantly under pressure that she was the chosen one, which, spoiler alert for the end of the book, is fake. There is no chosen one. There was no prophecy, right? So she doesn't even have fate on her side. We'll get to her mom in a second here. But so Laurel is beaten down. Every person she meets hates her, except for her two roommates who are annoying, to say the least. I don't think that's unfair to say until the end of the book and then they get better. Sybil, maybe she gets better. Anytime she goes out into the supernatural community, a community where, by all right, she should be welcomed and accepted, she's reviled and hated and, you know, cursed. And then once a year, she is tortured by literally everyone who comes to the shaming event. I, after 15 years of going through that, would be in the same situation, except I probably wouldn't even want to work to get my magic back at that point, right? That is a lot to deal with. Now, I'm not saying that this is not fine in the book that for her to get over it and to start working, and she doesn't really get over it 100%. But all I'm saying is that in the, in the story, Kate is always like, oh, you're such a coward, quit being such a wuss like get over it just fight and it's like excuse you you had a horrible life of you know foster parents and everything that is a completely different situation 
than getting beaten and tortured once a year, you know, on the most tragic day of your life. Losing all of your magic, which you didn't have until you figured it out recently, Kate. Like, let's just put this in perspective here. Now, a couple of things I definitely didn't see coming. Did not see that when she unfreezes Ben, that Ben turns into a psycho sociopath and tries to use the same spell that Tybus did to take over the entire world and steal all the magic so that he can be the ruler. But I guess if I was encased in, in crystal and was fully awake and sentient for 15 years, I would also be a little crazy at that point. Now, Tybus doesn't really factor into the story a lot. He's there at the very beginning. He's there at the very end. Aside from that, not really. Now, let's get on to her mom. Her mom is a character. I, you, I can picture her in my mind. She is just horrible. She made up the prophecy, made Dahlia the Oracle release the prophecy as a true prophecy just so that she could get her daughter to be special and then to fail, you know, when she failed and that was obviously bad, but like she's all about the brand and she's pushing the marketing and she's like, oh, you need to go get your clean. And I've seen, I'm sure every one of us has seen this trope before. I thought it was done really well. You know, you just instant hate the mom, even though like the mom does a couple good things, but it's like, okay, so you did this good and you did this good and you helped out here. But does that make up for the fact that all of this is your fault to begin with? Because if you hadn't made the prophecy, Tybus wouldn't have gotten the kick in his pants that he says he needed to like start this fight and this war right like this is just crazy now well, a side note again here i was actually really sad when rodigus died because rodigus and Sybil have gotten this relationship and they're actually starting to like get closer and like actually work on things and it really is helping Sybil like mature a little bit i was very sad that rodigus died excuse me i just realized i've been saying his name wrong it, wrong. it is rodigus now this was a great story frank is just the funny he's kind of that perpetual vampire who's depressed but because he didn't get the good looks and so he's still bald and he can't turn anybody because his fangs have never descended and he falls in love with the school's guidance counselor who also loves the same things he loves the bold music the germanness the she's got the the weird stuff. It's hilarious when you read it. I can't do it justice by trying to explain it to you guys. The atmosphere was hilarious. I kind of always had this feeling like the audio work was great. So I always knew where I was. The plot was great. I thought that was really good. They do end up, excuse me, they do end up taking back magic. You know, uh, Laurel goes back to the Nexus, uh, the Shaming Day. She's able to fight. There was uh, a little bit with Kate and Laurel where you know, Laurel steals back, not steals, but takes back her magic from Kate because part of her soul that her mom had siphoned off of Laurel put it and put it in Kate, basically torturing a bunch of kids. Not quite, but like almost. She gave them all shellfish allergies. That was so funny. Just throwaway line. Lots of really good throwaway lines here, right? And they had this huge fight and things over that and consent and some misunderstandings where I hear part of the sentence and not all of the sentence. Sometimes that ruins it, sometimes it doesn't. I think overall it was a good success in this book. The story was hilarious. Again, did not love Sybil, but loved everybody else. Frank and his interactions with his lady love were hilarious. His interactions with his brother, Laurel, the character was phenomenal. I just really enjoyed it. It felt so realistic, certain things. Obviously, one thing I mentioned before wasn't that realistic but like so fun it was hilarious it was definitely worth it um, third eye with felicia day was great and that's going to wrap up my discussion of third eye thanks for listening everybody and thanks to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music of course if you have any questions or comments please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and remember to predict the magic of books mm-hmm.